Welcome to the Piggy Bank Chronicles, a podcast about saving, investing, and living your best life. Welcome to the Piggy Bank Chronicles, episode number 41, Investment Showdown number two. For those of you that are familiar with this format, in the past I've looked at individual investments, usually in an ETF in the previous sector, and it turns out in this case it's going to be two more ETFs. And I've talked about what would be the thesis for investing in each one, when they would make sense in your portfolio, and how the two compare and contrast to one another. So without more preamble, let's jump right into this episode's comparison. So our first contender in this corner, weighing in at a market cap of $13.51 billion of asset under management, with a trailing 12-month yield of 3.38% and a lean mean expense ratio of just 0.1%, the Utility Sector Spider Fund ETF, ticker symbol XLU. So this ETF is a kind of a prominent ETF if you're a utilities investor and you are looking for a broad swath of utility companies to invest in. In case you guys don't know what I'm talking about when I say utilities, typically these are going to be public utilities that do things like electric transmission or natural gas transmission to residential homes. Some of the some of the names you hear are going to be companies like Next Era Energy or Southern Company or Duke Energy Corp. In fact, those are the three largest holdings in the ETF. The ETF has a total of 31 holdings in it, and the largest 10 holdings make up 58.59%. So there is a degree of concentration in XLU. XLU is really about income-based investments. So if you're older, like I am, and you're looking for your portfolio to do more of the heavy lifting of your day-to-day expenses than, say, a day job, like I am, then you would be interested in an ETF like this. What you're going to see over time is you're not going to see explosive growth in these companies, but you're also not going to see horrific downturns in them. They're going to be more stable, more in a range, more predictable in their movement. The problem with Public utilities, though, is that they tend to be regulated by the local municipalities, and so they're somewhat capped on their ability to raise prices to the consumer. As a result of this, again, you're not going to see a lot of up or downside volatility, but you're going to see some constraints on new capital projects and the ability to bring new solutions to market. So when you talk about the underlying companies here, these are not purely free enterprise solutions. They're sort of hybrids that work in a relatively, I guess, free market economic country, but still with some constraints on how they can move forward. So the thesis for buying into this company is you're looking for stability, you're looking for income, and you're looking for that over the long haul. So when you look at things like bond funds for fixed income, you're going to tend to see those be somewhat variable over time as interest rates rise and fall. Most investors who aren't used to that outcome are probably getting a real taste for it lately because of the change in interest rates we've had to endure. However, if you're looking at the XLU Utility Sector Spider Fund ETF, 
you're probably going to be in a situation where you're not having to deal with that level of volatility in terms of what they hold in their portfolio. You should see more predictable rates of return over time, general growth over time as they increase their dividends, and ultimately, hopefully, really low expense ratios because they're just buying against an index-type opportunity. This is not an actively managed fund. So the fund attempts to track the performance of the utility select sector index by using what they call full replication technique. Essentially, this means that it's trying to hold an equivalent market cap weighted position of all of the publicly traded utility companies that live inside of that index. So what that means is you're going to have a consistently healing portfolio where if the index evolves itself, if it adds or removes individual utilities from the index, you're going to automatically have that added or removed to <laughs> added or removed from your portfolio based on the outcome. So that is the XLU Utility Select Spider Fund ETF. If you're interested in income-based investing, this is a solid choice with near-term upside potential based on the fact that over recent years, the index itself has suffered somewhat of a downward trend. But I think in the coming year, it's likely to see an uptick as the pricing environment should improve for them, I, I believe. So let's talk about the contender. In this corner, weighing in at a market cap of 54.07 billion assets under management, a lot bigger than the 13.51 billion of XLU, with a trailing 12-month yield of 4.5% and a lean mean expense ratio of 0.12%, the Vanguard Real Estate Index Fund ETF shares, ticker symbol VNQ. VNQ tracks the performance of the MSCI U.S. Investable Market Real Estate 2550 Index. This is an index of equity REITs in the United States. Equity REITs are REITs or Real Estate Investment Trusts or REITs that invest in physical properties that they lease to tenants to generate income that they share with their investors. Mortgage REITs, by contrast, are real estate investment trusts that make loans to other companies who invest in real estate. Mortgage REITs make their money off of the interest payments on those loans from their customers. What I like about VNQ and this index tracking equity REITs is its real ownership, its actual real estate underlying the outcome of the REIT. In which case, although you're going to have to suffer the ebb and flow of the rental market, you have an ownership position and an underlying asset that creates a persistent value for the REIT and the, the individual REITs that make up the ETF, essentially. The investment thesis for VNQ is pretty straightforward. You're looking at capital appreciation over time because real estate tends to go up over the long term. And you're looking at a pretty good yield at over 4% right now, which is not a bad place to be. Now, when we talk about these two funds, something that you need to consider is tax treatment. If you were going to look at just basic appropriate use of these type of vehicles 
One of them would be more appropriate to be held in an IRA. The other might be more appropriate to be held in a taxable account. And when I say IRA, I mean IRA, 401k, 403b, whatever type of tax-deferred account, Roth IRA, just whatever tax-deferred account you might choose to use. The reason for this is simple. VNQ is a ETF that covers mortgage REITs. REITs, by law in the United States, are taxed at the same tax rate as earned income. As a result of this, if you want to hold REITs, they tend to be more tax efficient, or at least as tax efficient, if you hold them in a tax-deferred account. By contrast, XLU is a utility-select ETF that invests in publicly traded companies that are not real estate investment trusts. The dividends that these underlying companies pay are treated as long-term capital gains for tax purposes. This means that XLU would be more tax efficient in a taxable account than VNQ. So the real crux of the thesis between these two index-based investment vehicles is simple. XLU is a play for consistency, stability, and slow but steady long-term growth. V&Q is going to show a little bit more volatility, I think, but you should see better long-term capital appreciation or actual growth along with growth in the payments that are occurring from the underlying businesses. But the tax implications of V&Q in a taxable account are going to be less efficient than XLU in a taxable account. Recently, I, as a near retiree, had a little bit of money that we wanted to deploy, and I was looking for it to go into an income-based equity option. The reason I talk about these two funds is they were the two funds that ended up on my radar that I was trying to decide between. My circumstances are going to be different from yours, and this is not investment advice, but what I ended up choosing was VNQ because, again, I feel like real estate offers a better long-term runway than probably utilities are going to offer in terms of capital appreciation. And I think I tend to bias more towards growth than current income, although I think at the end the current income with the tax rates and the different amounts of interest they're paying right now is probably comparable to one another. This doesn't mean it's a good investment for you. This is just kind of trying to show you guys and gals what the thought process is in comparing two different investment options. The truth is, if you're a young investor, you should not probably be considering this type of investment for your portfolio. What you should be thinking about are good diversified total market index funds, S&P 500 index funds, total international index funds, things that are going to give you long-term predictable, well, not predictable, but generally up into the right long-term growth that is going to be superior in the aggregate to the dividends plus the capital appreciation on these funds. These funds are about more stability, less volatility in a portfolio, and more consistent cash generation over time. So that's why I made the choice to invest a small amount of money in one of them. But why as a young investor, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that you put these in your portfolio. Like most things, your situation's going to vary, and you can't just take this as blanket advice, which it's not. It's just giving you a framework on how to think about comparing different investments. So that's it. That's our, our investment showdown number two. 
So just as an update on where we're at this year in the podcast, there's going to be two more episodes that are going to drop this year. I just wanted to let everybody know as a matter of housekeeping that I'm going to be changing the cadence going into 2024. Because life, in fact, does happen, a lot of the episode drops in 2024 are going to be bi-weekly or will occur every two weeks instead of every week. Towards the end of 2024, I hope to be able to reassess and possibly go back to weekly episodes, but I'm not sure yet. Having said that, we're going to shift to that format here at the end of 2022 for the end of Season 1. By keeping score with you guys, that means there are two episodes to go. So just to give you a preview of what's coming, the next episode coming out is going to be a book review. And I'm not going to tell you what the book is. It's a book I'm reading right now, but I will tell you, of all of the investment books I've read for individuals trying to grow well, this book might be vying for the number one spot. Even if it doesn't get the number one spot, it's going to be really high on my list of recommendations. So you definitely want to come back and hear about that. And then the last episode of the season, not surprisingly, is going to be a surprise. (laughs) I've got a little bit of fun in store because... When we talk about vision and our framework for investing for life, we always want to keep in in mind. Next, what comes next? Next is living the life you want to do, live, and having the experiences you want to have. To that end, I'm having a, a fun episode that we're going to have at the end of the year, and I hope you guys come back for it. I think it'll be a good time to listen to. That's it. Thanks for listening. Until next time, be kind to others and have a great week. This podcast is not financial advice. We are not financial advisors. And content is for entertainment and educational purposes only. You should do your own research or consult a professional investment advisor before making any investment decisions. And, as always, thanks for listening to The Piggy Bank Chronicles.